Welcome to the Transition to Medicare podcast, brought to you by Giardini Medicare. In each episode, we will take a look at a specific Medicare topic that will help you avoid making mistakes and reduce your stress when navigating the Medicare system. When it comes to Medicare prescription coverage, it seems that everyone has heard of the infamous Part D coverage gap, which is also known as the donut hole. In today's episode, we will break down what the donut hole is and what you need to know about it during your transition to Medicare and for the rest of your time on Medicare. But before we start, we just need to remind everybody here that Joanne and I operate Giardini Medicare, which is an independent insurance agency. We are based out of Southeast Michigan, but although we are based in Michigan, we do work virtually over the phone to help consumers in about 13 states find the right Medicare coverage for them. So even if you choose not to work with us, we know that the information in today's podcast will help you have a successful and stress-free transition to Medicare. So for today's episode, like Joanne said, we are talking about the Part D donut hole. So we are going to cover what is the donut hole, how many people does it affect usually on a yearly basis, how do you get into the donut hole, what are the costs when you are in it, and then we'll also talk about whether or not the donut hole is actually closed, as you might have heard. And lastly, we'll talk about how to avoid the donut hole altogether or what to do if you are in it. So what is the donut hole? Uh, Joanne can start here and we'll go from there. Yeah. So there are four phases of Medicare prescription drug coverage. And this is where you get this term coming through as called the donut hole. So the first stage of coverage is a deductible stage. The second stage of pricing coverage is called the initial coverage stage. The third is called the coverage gap. And this part is called the donut hole. Of course, this is the focus of our entire episode here. And then the fourth stage is the catastrophic coverage. Yeah, and like she just mentioned, so the donut hole, it's not just a food. It is just a part of Medicare prescription drug coverage. And this is going to apply if you have Part D or Medicare Advantage coverage with prescription coverage. So it's not it's not a different type of Medicare coverage. It's just part of prescription coverage built into Medicare. So again, you may already be familiar with something called the donut hole. It is officially known as the coverage gap. But for this episode, we just kind of refer to it with its common name, the donut hole. It makes it consistent. And I think most people kind of know it that way, whether they've heard it from friends or family or maybe even advertisements. So again, we are going to focus on prescription coverage that is available to consumers on the private market. So this is anyone that's purchasing Part D or Medicare Advantage plans that's available to everyone. If you're listening to this and you get coverage through an employer or a former employer, so if you get retirement coverage, then you may have different coverage concerning the donut hole. So make sure you just contact your specific plan and the provider to see how the donut hole might impact you with your retirement coverage. And just remember that at the most basic level, the donut hole is a phase of Medicare prescription drug coverage in which the beneficiary will likely pay a higher out-of-pocket cost for prescriptions during this phase of their coverage. The donut hole applies to both, just as Cameron said, both Part D and Medicare Advantage plans with prescription coverage built in. So do not assume if you enroll in a certain Medicare Advantage plan that you'll escape the donut hole because you will not. So whether you get your Part D through Medigap and a Part D plan or enroll in Medicare Advantage, the donut hole is going to work in the same fashion. Yep, exactly. That's always important to remember because people think if I pick one over the other, you can avoid it. But really, the donut hole is going to impact people based on what we're going to talk about and the different criteria. But before we talk about you know how to get into the donut hole, what it actually is, I just wanted to hit on you know, how many people are actually 
exposed to the donut hole on a a year-to-year basis. So according to a Kaiser Family Foundation study, in 2017, there were 9.7 million out of 44.6 million people on Medicare that had prescription costs that were actually high enough to enter the donut hole. Now, about half of those people, they did qualify for what's called extra help, so they didn't actually pay more for their prescriptions in the donut hole. But again, you're looking at about 15 to 20% max of Medicare enrollees in a given year that will be affected by the donut hole. So it's one thing that I, I think everyone's afraid of it when they hear about it or they're always concerned, well, what about the donut hole? But again, it's only for a limited number of beneficiaries. It is highly dependent on your medication costs. So yes, you may hit the donut hole like we'll talk about, but it's just not guaranteed year after year that you will always enter the donut hole. And that's actually something to stress before we move on, Cam, is that some of you hear about the donut hole and you're hearing that from your friends that take pricey medications and you might take a Torvastatin and that's it, yeah. right? And they, they come to us panicked about the donut hole. So as you're going to see through this and the pricing structures, one person with one medication like that has nothing to worry about with the donut hole, okay? So just because you hear mm-hmm. about it doesn't mean you're going to pay a whole bunch of money for every single medication you take. Yeah. And like Joanne just said, it is highly dependent on your specific medications. So with that being said, let's just talk about how do you get into the donut hole? How do you actually reach the limit that will push you into this phase of coverage. So an individual, and this is important because this is basically the definition or how it works at the most basic level, an individual will enter the donut hole phase of coverage once they have reached what is called the initial coverage limit. So this initial coverage limit, it can fluctuate from year to year, but in 2022, the limit is $4,430. So the full retail cost of your covered prescriptions will count towards this $4,430 limit. And I know this can be confusing. We're going to talk numbers here. Just keep in mind, we'll try to break it down as best as we can. Of course, if you have questions, reach out to us. We do have some YouTube videos about this as well if you need visuals. But you know, with that brief description out of the way, I'll let Joanne give you an example of what this means based on your medications. Yeah. And um, thanks for pointing out that YouTube because there is a really good visual on that one about the donut hole too. So it might make more sense mm-hmm. to the visual learners to go and learn it that way. But here's our example. Yeah, the numbers are a bit uh, old, but it's Yeah, it'll be revised. He'll get that updated yep. for you pretty shortly. But here's an example. So you take, in this situation, you're taking a brand name medication and that medication has a retail price of $500 a month. However, after you've met your plan deductible, again, that's the first phase, the copay for that same $500 medication on this plan it's going to become $40 for a one-month supply. And so every time you go... just to Yeah, this is exactly. <laughs> we're not picking on one medication. This is an example of a brand medication costing $500 a month. Again, mm-hmm. you satisfy your deductible. At that point, it's going to have a copay situation. So that medication is going to become $40 a month. Every time you go in and get that medication for a one-month supply, in this case, you're paying $40 out of your pocket. But the full $500 retail price is counting towards that initial coverage limit of $4,430. So those are important numbers. You can see Mm -hmm. how the donut hole might impact you when you don't expect it, since the amount you're paying out of pocket in this case is much lower, that $40, than the actual retail price of the medication, which was the $500. Okay. Please note though, the retail price is the negotiated retail price between the plan that you're enrolled in and the network pharmacy. This is not the same as the cash price, and it can really vary between plans and even between pharmacies. This only applies to medications covered by that particular plan's formulary. 
Yeah, unfortunately, it can be difficult to just figure out what actually is your retail price. Probably the easiest way to do it is once you're actually in the plan, you're going to have to look at your explanation of benefits on the back end when you fill the prescriptions. And that's what's going to show you what the actual retail cost of your medication is. It's certainly not going to be as easy as just going to the pharmacy and asking a pharmacist and saying, hey, what, what's the cost of this medication? Because there's so many factors that go into it. Cam, why don't you tell people the easiest way to find out if you might enter that donut hole. Yeah. So I just said that you can't really just go to the pharmacist and ask what your retail price is, but there are some ways that you can try to see if you might enter the donut hole in a given year. So one of the easiest ways to do this, of course, is you can reach out to a broker, an independent agent, you know, like ourselves, we can run an analysis and look at different plans to see what the projections are and see if you might enter the donut hole. But we really just we do this by going to Medicare.gov most of the time. So you can also do this yourself. You can go to Medicare.gov. You can either make an account or you can just go in without an account. And what you'll do is you'll enter all of the prescriptions that you take on a regular basis. After entering all of your prescriptions and choosing the pharmacies you prefer to use, you can just see an estimate of your total prescription out-of-pocket cost for every plan that's available in your area. And this will apply for Part D or even Medicare Advantage. So if you look at the specific details of each plan, if you open those details up, you will see whether or not Medicare.gov is projecting you will reach the donut hole based on your medications. And if you are projected to hit the donut hole, it will even say which month of the year you are expected to reach the the donut hole. So if you're projected in October, it will say, hey, by October, your retail cost of medications will reach that initial coverage limit and you may enter the donut hole at this point. So it's not always an exact science. You know, prices can fluctuate. Of course, it's an estimate, but this will give you a much better idea of whether or not you might hit the donut hole based on your current medications. And I say current because if you do get new medications, you know, you'd have to redo the estimates and always adjust it based on what you're actually filling on a month to month basis. I would say the ac- you know the estimates are pretty pretty close though pretty good wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. It's certainly better than than guessing or going to the pharmacy and asking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. Yeah, definitely. And then also, like I said, it all comes down to that initial coverage limit. So I'll let Joanne talk about how that limit can change and how, you know, I talked about 2022, but it's not always going to be the amount I said. Right. And Cameron did say that this does change year to year. So we just mentioned that the initial coverage limit for 2022 is $4,430. In 2021, the same initial coverage limit was $4,130, so it's increased by $300, which is actually a good thing. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is CMS, they've also announced that for 2023 that the initial coverage limit will increase from $4,430 to $4,660. Yeah, so as you can see, it always it generally increases every year. And the reason Joanne was saying it can be a good thing it increases is that means you have to spend more out of pocket or you basically have to have more expensive medications to actually get you into the donut hole. So again, that bucket of money you're filling up every time you fill your prescription, the ceiling or you know that threshold is going to be raised typically year after year for that initial coverage limit. But up to now, we've talked about what you can expect or how you get into the donut hole. Now let's talk about what actually happens when you're in the donut hole. How does it impact you and why is this even a topic to wonder about or or worry about? So aside from wondering whether or not you will enter the donut hole, most people just want to know, you know, what is it like when I'm there? What happens if it comes true what my friend says and I enter the donut hole and I have to pay more? So when you're in the donut hole phase of coverage, you are responsible for 25% of the retail price of the prescriptions covered by your plan. So 
just real quick, we'll use the same exact example that Joanne used previously of a $500 medication. So using that $500 medication, you would have to pay 25% of the $500 retail price of the medication. So this basically means you're paying $125 out of pocket when you fill that prescription. Now, if you compare this to the $40 you were paying for the copay before you entered the donut hole, you can see why this is such a shock to many people. You know, all of a sudden, you're just filling up your prescription $40 a month, and then randomly one month, you don't realize you hit the donut hole and it goes up triple, all of a sudden it's $125. So that's really where the concern comes with the donut hole. You know, however, as a quick example, if you do have low cost medications, it can actually be where your medications go down or stay relatively the same in price. So again, it's always 25% of the retail cost. If you have a $10 medication, 25% is only $2.50 for a low cost generic or something like that. But it all depends on the retail negotiated price of your medication. And not every medication is going to be as expensive while in the donut hole, but some can be very expensive and a shock to the system. But with all that being said, you may be sitting back and thinking, well, I thought none of this mattered. I, I thought the donut hole was closed. You know, I saw an article about it. My friend told me about it. Somebody told me this doesn't matter anymore, but that's not the case. And I'll let Joanne get into that a little bit more. It is not the case. So the donut hole, like you just said, is considered closed, quote unquote, by many people, but it's certainly not gone. So this is already evident by the fact that we've already talked about how medication costs increase throughout the different coverage phases. And this is 2022 that we're talking about these numbers and examples. So why have different articles and other sources say the donut hole is closed when it really isn't the case? Well, initially, when Part D was first implemented back in 2006, Medicare beneficiaries in the donut hole were responsible for 100% of the retail price of the medication. So real quick, just as an example, if you're responsible for 100%, if we go back, you would go from a $40 copay back to paying all the way up to $500 for that medication we use in the example pretty significant, which is why the donut hole is actually a positive thing. <laughs> and when you're looking back to 2006, right, Cam? So yeah, that's why it, closing is it's better than what it was, but obviously it's not closed. So I'll let you keep not going perfect. here. And yeah, yeah, it can't be perfect. So what happened was, again, back in 2006, uh, you were then responsible for that full $500 in the example, the 100% of the retail price of the medication. But eventually the ACA came along in 2011 and they implemented a provision that made it so that the donut hole was set to gradually reduce every year until beneficiaries were only responsible for 25% of the medication costs compared to the 100%. And that started in 2020. The donut hole became reduced starting in 2020. So this is why you may have seen a lot of articles, news stories about how the donut hole closed in 2020, but they were extremely misleading since what they really meant was that the donut hole was done closing and it is not truly gone like many people believe. Exactly. It's basically gotten better, Smaller. but it's not gone. And when I say better, you know, that doesn't give people that much comfort when they're still paying 25% of an right. expensive medication. So now if you know that it's not closed, it still impacts you. What can you do to avoid the donut hole? And what can you do if you reach the donut hole, if you, if you can't avoid it? Because again, avoiding the donut hole, it all comes down to one very simple thing, which is making sure your retail cost of medications does not reach the initial coverage limit, which again for this year is $4,430. However, it may be simple, but it doesn't mean it's always possible. You know, you have to take the medications you take and you may not be able to control whether your prescriptions meet that initial coverage limit. So one way to avoid the donut hole and actually not really eliminate it, but eliminate it for the time being for somebody is if you qualify for low income subsidy, also known as extra help that I briefly mentioned at the beginning. 
So if you're qualified for extra help, you are not responsible for paying higher prescription costs during the donut hole phase of coverage. Now, this is a federal program. It is based on income and assets. You do have to apply and qualify for this program typically. So again, it's not available to everybody just because you hit the donut hole. But if you do have a lower income and you want to look into this, we highly recommend you know going to Social Security's website or reaching out to a broker that can help you apply for extra help to see if you can qualify and reduce your exposure to the donut hole. And then, Joanne, you can talk about another method to hopefully avoid the donut hole. Yeah, there's some other methods, and it just depends on uh, what your situation is, of course. If you're a veteran, you might qualify for prescription coverage through the VA health system, and you can get your meds through that method. The retail cost of these medications won't count towards the donut hole, of course, okay? Then there is manufacturer patient assistance. You might be able to apply directly with the manufacturer of the expensive medication and then directly get assistance with them. So this is something we can help clients with a fair amount of time. We just have to know manufacturer. Everyone's got a different eligibility requirement, income guidelines, things like that. We also have other sources that can be even, there are programs and things that we can guide you toward maybe the path of finding some of these credits and subsidies and such. And lastly, you can also just try online discount programs like GoodRx is the main one that most people know of. There's also CleverRx and other variations of this. But just know that expensive medications, usually with these options, you're not going to save a ton of money. If it's an expensive brand name medication, GoodRx is probably not going to knock a $600 medication down to $20. It's really designed for, I would say, the more common generic medications. And then lastly, another thing you can do, or again, this is not something that you can just go out and do on your own. If you hit the donut hole, it's if this is available to you ahead of time. But if you have retiree coverage through a former employer, like we mentioned at the very beginning, you just might be eligible for certain medical coverage or prescription coverage through that plan that limits your exposure to the donut hole. So if you have any retirement coverage available to you with Medicare, always check on that if you think you are worried about or if you think you'll be exposed to the donut hole. But the main takeaway here is that when it comes to avoiding the donut hole, only the medications that are covered by your plan and filled through your plan will count towards the different Part D phases. So anything we talked about just now that's done outside the plan, it won't be counted for the donut hole purposes. So if you are a veteran, like Joanne said, and you get a $10,000 medication at the VA, that's not going to have any impact on the $4,430 initial coverage limit. You can fill it all day at the VA, get all of your cheaper medications outside of the VA or even with the VA, and you're not going to hit the donut hole. It has to go through your Medicare prescription plan, and it has to reach the initial coverage limit that way. And that actually goes through all phases of the prescription pricing mechanism too, because we get a lot of questions with people that use GoodRx routinely. You can use it, but don't presume that that money that you spent, you know, $22 copay on GoodRx, that $22 is not going towards your deductible on your Part D plan. So people tend to think that it is. And so we're just telling you that it's not. It's going not going to any phase, including the donut Mm -hmm. hole but not the deductible nor all the phases. Okay. So make sure yeah, you as far as your that. plan's concerned that that money doesn't exist or never right. that, that prescription was never filled because it's not running through their system or through your actual prescription plan. Right. And then if you want to hit on what we'll talk about getting out of the donut hole, we might as well address yeah. that topic so how as do you, well. How do you get out of the donut hole? So This is a complex topic that we're going to discuss in a future episode all about the different phases of Part D prescription coverage. So basically, make sure you tune into that one. Yeah, you've already listened for 25, 30 minutes about the donut hole. So it's a whole (laughs) 
whole another topic yeah. just talking about all the phases and, and how to get out of it. Right. Today was what it is. How do you get into it? How do you get out of it? Just so you know, but then we'll touch on the next one big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Joanne mentioned today's episode was just really designed to talk about how to get what is the donut hole? Does it still matter? Which we did say, yes, it does still matter. So we just wanted to give you some tips and tricks basically to prepare and figure out what you can do with the donut hole. And in addition to just talking about the fact that yes, the donut hole still matters to many consumers on Medicare, perhaps one of the worst parts of the prescription coverage donut hole is the fact that it's based on a calendar year and it essentially it restarts every January 1st. So there's no guarantee you will enter the donut hole in every following year just because you did in the current year. But chances are much more likely that if you've been impacted by the donut hole or if you've reached that initial coverage limit one year, you'll probably reach it the next year. So just because you find a solution one year, it doesn't mean you'll never have to worry about the donut hole again. It always restarts on January 1st, that initial coverage limit. You start back at zero. You got to fill up the bucket again. So just always, you know, double check every year to make sure that you are doing your best to avoid the donut hole as much as possible. And we started talking about this early on, too, about how people are really afraid of that donut hole. It is one of the most well-known and feared parts of the Medicare coverage here related to prescriptions. Again, people on simple tier ones come in terrified about the donut hole, but it does not always directly impact everyone enrolled in Medicare prescription coverage. As we mentioned early on, 15 to 20 percent was the stat, but it is important to understand how it works, how you can avoid it, even what you can do if you have to find yourself exposed to spending more for the prescriptions you're taking. With that being said, you know, make sure to just tune in to other episodes of our podcast. Also, subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on your podcast app. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel for more visual information. You know, just go to youtube.com, search Giardini Medicare. And then lastly, if you want to reach out to one of our licensed brokers directly, you can give us a call at 248-871-7756, or you can go to our website at gmedicareteam.com, or you can send us an email with any questions or feedback at info at gmedicareteam.com. But thank you very much for stopping by today and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Transition to Medicare podcast. To find more Medicare-related information from us, you can search Giardini Medicare on YouTube or visit our website at gmedicareteam.com.